Welcome to the You and Me podcast, the show where we dive deep into the beautiful world of weddings. I'm Laura, the founder of Wonderlust Creative, an international wedding planning and styling company servicing a global collective of loved up couples. And I'm Andy, the founder of The Bridal Journey, a source of inspiration for brides and Revealed, a wedding marketplace where brides can buy and sell pre-loved wedding items. In each episode of the You and Me podcast, we sit down with a real bride who openly shares their unique wedding planning journey. From the excitement of the proposal to the magical moments of her wedding day, we delve deep into the emotions, the challenges and the triumphs of planning a wedding. Join us as we celebrate love, offer practical advice and share the experiences of brides just like you. Prepare for heartfelt conversations and inspiring stories on the You and Me podcast. Therese, welcome to the You and Me podcast. We're super excited to talk to you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me today. I'm so excited. Yes, and um, we were just saying offline that we used to work together at Chadston in Maya. 11 years ago? 12 years ago? Around about then. Small world. So honey, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, what you do. Yeah, so so straight off the bat, I'm actually an event manager. Um, I've been in the industry for about seven years. I was working for the big group um, up until COVID. So um, I, you know, obviously love planning weddings and styling and um yeah so you know especially with our wedding um I wanted to kind of create something unique and special um you know the do's and don'ts of weddings um I was kind of always across so um that's sort of my little background um you know Daniel and I've been together for about 15 years so quite a long time high school sweethearts um and yeah we um yeah we've been together for so long so it's just it's been exciting, um, a long road um, of obviously like pretty much doing everything together um, and then, yeah, topping it off with the wedding um, earlier this year, which was so exciting. And how, how, did, you guys, how did you guys meet? Uh, so we met um, when we were around 15 uh, at our high school social. Uh, I was <laughs> at <laughs> I know. Social. So, um, yeah, I was at Sacred Heart All Girls School and Daniel was at an all boys school and um, they do this thing where the schools get together and, yeah, we met that night at the social and, yeah, the rest is history. We became like best friends as we met and, yeah. I went to a girls school as well and it was always like, how do you you even meet guys if you go to a girls school? It's like, this is how we find our way. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, they want to kind of <laughs> brother schools. It's like, yeah, you're on the same bus as me. I get this. Yeah, yeah, complete. That's exactly what it's like. It's like you know, you you meet them on the train and like in the bus, and but no one talks to one another. You know, <laughs> early on. Um, but yeah, when we met, it just kind of just kind of all happened, and then we all became all friends. Even with the other guys that were you know, in the same year level, we all kind of just meshed and became all best friends, which was really fun. And so because you've been together for obviously so long, you know, all his quirks, how did he manage to get that proposal over the line without you picking up on too many things? Uh, He did very well, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) It was quite funny because obviously we were in COVID 
Um, so I didn't kind of expect anything. And we booked this last minute um, holiday in Byron Bay. And I kind of, at the back of my mind, I thought, oh, you know, we've been to LA, Mexico, you know, I <laughs> thought he would propose to me there or somewhere. <laughs> Were you waiting like every night on those holidays, like dressing up, doing your hair, being like, tonight's a night. Like we're going to this amazing restaurant. It's a horrible feeling. <laughs> no, exactly we were literally um in Mexico one night and we were riding on horses the sunset it was the most amazing picturesque and then it didn't happen and then you're on the plane home so shitty and they don't know why and you're like this is <laughs> fucked you were yeah, no, totally. yeah. and it was also my mum as well she she was like is he gonna do it tonight is he gonna do oh, it like, mum, stop Stop, stop. Yeah, they put the pressure on. It makes it so awkward. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, so no expectations whatsoever um, on this trip. But, um, no, he managed to do it very um, romantic and um, he proposed to me um, at the lighthouse in Byron Bay um, and it was sunset. So it was really, really cute. Um, Yes. So that was last January 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. And so... You got engaged finally <laughs> in January 2021. So can you tell us what did you envision for your wedding? So did you have a particular color palette or inspiration? And where did you gather your inspiration from? Straight off the bat, like we knew that our wedding wasn't going to be traditional. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of, you know, the venue sort of style weddings and I thought I want to do something different. I want to give my guests more of an experience rather than mm-hmm. kind of five hours in and out, it's done. Um so I wanted to give that kind of ex- whole experience for our guests. Um, and we wanted to obviously have fun as well and take in those moments because it does go so quickly. So um, that was one thing. Um, the next thing was we wanted to kind of, um, you know, kind of include our style as well, um, especially from the places that we visited um, overseas, um, you know, in LA, Mexico. I wanted to kind of create that, um, you know, relaxed boho style um, aesthetic, but also keep it really timeless um, and elegant as well. So um, I went for more ethereal um, concepts with, you know, soft um, colours and textures. Um, We did an overhaul of, you know, chandeliers um, as well in the marquee. And um, we also did... um, a lot of whites and greens because I didn't want to kind of introduce too much color if that makes sense I I'm um I kind of get over colors quite quickly and I want to kind of look back you know in 10 years time and still love what um I you know we created for our wedding so that was more of the style um we went for and you um worked with my lovely co-host. <laughs> we um, should have put like a um, from Wonderlust Creative. We should have put like a pre-note in this being like but we're going to talk I, very biased talk today because I want to hear I, love. I want to hear how cuz I have my own personal experience with Laura. She helped me with my wedding. Well, this is how a was question. It, Hang on. <laughs> how was it working with Laura? Like did she open your eyes be like no we can't do that or this is going to be difficult or like how was the whole process with her? Because I found um, when I worked with her, my idea was I said, Laura, I want a table. I want a whole lot of vases, small vases with roses in them, like one stem of rose. And Laura was like, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> but we'll have to fly the roses in from Africa because there's no great roses in here and blah, blah, blah. And went, you know, and said like, it's really hard to get great quality roses to look like amazing you, things like that. So was, it, was there anything that Laura kind of like stepped you through that, you know, or changed direction with things? Like I love to know the process with her. Um, I think, well, as soon as we met um, and even started speaking, it was kind of just so in sync. I, I mm-hmm. felt that it was just so effortless and it was so, um, it was so natural. And I think we just kept feeding off each other. Um, I, I probably, um, you know, sent that many inspo photos through to you, <laughs> um, blocked your messages on Instagram or something. Um, but no, it was just so, um, it was so easy. And I felt that um, there was a lot of things we just, you know, kind of kept going back and forth on and a lot of things that she kind of was like, oh, let's try and try this. And um, I was kind of really open to that. And a lot of things I kind of gave her, she was like, yep, I love that. Let's roll with that. Or she kind of gave me some tips um, to, uh, you know, reach out to a few suppliers, um, the do's and don'ts of like, you know, who to go with for the marquee and, you know, um, also even just the colors I think it was just very um it was just very easy and natural the whole the whole way through what would you say Laura well I'm gonna take my finger off the um pause button now because I was preparing for no I wasn't preparing for the worst I think do you know what I I think what you said before it was effortless I think that's probably the best way to describe it and you know for anybody out there looking for their vendors and especially a vendor that has a really big impact in in your day okay so you know you've got to be able to get a nice car and it be a good price but at the end of the day if the guy who's driving it or the girl who's driving it doesn't really talk to you very much it's not going to impact your day but the vendors that you are going to spend a lot of time with you have to vibe with and everybody's not for everybody, right? You can't please everybody. You can't bounce off everybody. So I think understanding each other is the first point when employing a vendor or when working with a client, you've got to be able to understand each other and you're going to get the best out of what they are both bringing to the table. You know, even for both of you though, my job was a little bit easier because of both your experience. So Therese, you know, you've worked within the industry before, you know exactly what you want, but you're still like dream client, but you're still open to pushing boundaries of things that you didn't consider. And same with you, Andy, like you've been in this industry for so long. So our experience is a bit different because your knowledge is a bit more than so many other people. So it made my job Uh, not as I suppose explanatory because you already sort of knew where you wanted to go and you already had a really good idea of how you wanted your days to feel it was then just about making sure that you know we vibed and the mutual respect was there for wants and don't wants likes and dislikes and then you know when, when you when you understand that and you don't have a vendor pushing you into, well, the only way you can achieve this is if you spend X amount of money. Um, you know, if you don't feel as if you're backed into a corner, then you're probably going to have an amazing experience with your vendor. And and you you were also planning this wedding last year. 
and it was locked down. So what, and I suppose this is still going on because as I've spoken to Laura, she's got a huge backlog kind of of weddings coming through this year that were, you know, postponements from a year ago or like how, how did you find it hard, like getting certain supplies that you actually wanted because they may have been booked out? Yeah, absolutely. I, as soon as Daniel proposed, I mean, everyone's like, oh, we'll relax into the wedding, you know. Um, but as mm. soon as you get that ring on your finger, you go and you quickly book. <laughs> you <laughs> You're go hard at the moment. Yeah, you yeah, have, you definitely have to. Do. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that um, first because you obviously want your date um, and you want to quickly lock in that place um, first off. The second is a uh, uh, photographer and videographer. Mm. That was a big thing for me because um, I worked with Erin and Tara um, a few times um, at other previous jobs and I was like, yep, definitely want them. Moon and back, videographer, definitely want them as well. So I kind of already had certain suppliers that I was like, I really want to quickly tick off. Um, But through COVID, it was quite difficult just to get that kind of response um, Mm. back. You know, not, not everyone was working every day. So it was quite difficult kind of getting the, yep, we're available, um, let's lock it in. Um, so it was wait, it was a waiting game. Um, yeah. Well, they're just all getting smashed, I think, uh, particularly that time last year. I, everything was kind of starting to open up and I think, honestly, they were all just getting smashed and playing catch-up. So, yeah, it's, it was probably the wrong time to plan a wedding. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah that time frame of July and November, that was probably the most craziest time because mm. it was the alone throughout the whole, the whole time it was like, right. can we have, can we actually get married? Yeah. Um, what's the actual go with vaccines um, mm. or even just with like um, the restrictions, dance floor. It was just yeah, all that time. Things. Yeah. It's hard to forget that that was even a reality that time last year, wasn't it? That we were considering that type of thing. Did that change anything with your wedding that went ahead? Like, did you restrict your guest list or anything like that? No, I didn't restrict my guest list. I think yeah. we were, the saving grace was that, and the reason behind why I chose Varuna Plains uh, for our wedding was because it was an outdoor wedding. Mm. And I thought, if anything kind of happens, it is technically outside. We can kind of get away with any sort of restrictions that are kind of in that venue space um mm. so I was kind of at the back of my mind going it is what it is let's just see what happens let's roll with it so no I didn't do anything anything and, like that and did you stick to your budget I'd <laughs> like to say that I did um, <laughs> any surprising costs where you're just like oh shit that was triple the amount any warnings or heads up for our listeners um Yes. So no, you don't really stick to your budget because there's all these little things that kind of uh, pop up. Um, And I would say more for a marquee style wedding. um, There are these little costs that kind of add up. Uh, It was more mainly towards the end, um, you know, the last week or so of the wedding um, because, you know, I didn't realize that you had to have you know, two cool rooms instead of one or, you know, have a backup generator just in case. Um, yes, yes. Even, even just with the rubbish element as well. I mean, we had, I had my 30th the next day. So I was like, oh, yeah, one r- rubbish bin's fine. No, 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 you need two. A skip. You need three skips. <laughs> yeah, many skips. Um, so, you know, all these little things kind of adds up and you just, you're not aware of it at, at the start. And 
a lot of things can go wrong with a, a marquee style open, yes. you know, open canvas wedding, you know, and it's you're kind of bumping in everything. So you want to make sure you cover all bases. Could the two of you explain, Laura, perhaps why you need two cool rooms if you're having a marquee wedding? What's the reason for that? Uh, one for alcohol, one for food, especially in summer seasons. If you have... Is one just like a backup? Like why do you have to separate them? Because they're not, so they're not big enough. Okay. And if you are continuously opening and closing a cool room for food, you are going to be making it less cool for the alcohol. Um, another reason that you have multiple is because of different areas, especially with private property weddings. So if you are getting married in one area and it's 500 meters to the next area, your caterers are not going to carry your food and alcohol that far. So you need to set up a second satellite kitchen in another area. Wow. That's even a thing. That's even a thing. And then the the backup generator that is obviously if the power does go out. That's not very common. If you have, um, like if you're utilizing power on site, you don't know how far things are going to be tripped. So if you're plugging into say a residence or, um, you know, they've got a, a shed and it's got a few power points. If you overload that system, you go into darkness, your cooks can't, like your chefs can't cook. So you need a generator for places that, you know, you you can't just safely say, well, this is a, an established venue where all the power has been rigged specifically for a wedding. We're going to have no problems. You can't do that in a paddock. Lots of little things. So, so this is where, to, do you think that you could have planned this without Laura? If you, you know, I don't think people think that it is so hard, like all these little details of planning a marquee wedding or, you know, something that's not in a venue. I think it's lucky for Therese because she's had Oh, well, you've had the experience. Would you say if you removed yourself out of your knowledge to do a property wedding, is it is it manageable alone or would you would you suggest having somebody there to bounce off? I would definitely suggest having someone there. Yeah. There's all these little things that surprise um, things. Everyone, yeah, it's all these little surprises, and not everyone understands what goes into it. And I think there needs to be someone there that you can kind of bounce off and and that has that experience to kind of cover all you know um, aspects of it, just mm. in case because little things can go wrong with those sort of style weddings. Um, I mean, even for us, the power went out um, at around. I think it was like. 10 30 at night and I looked at my mom and dad and was like it's gonna go back on and then <laughs> no joke it went back on so it was like you just know oh, yeah. I mean you just gotta make sure that you just pray it's all it's all gonna be good but it, it is really um it is a good thing to have someone there especially yeah. to go and I think that's the last thing you think when you're planning your own wedding it's flowers and my dress and you're not thinking bin and disposing of waste and who's going to clean the dishes at the end of the night and return it back to the suppliers. And um, yeah, it's just all those things that are quite boring that um, make yeah, a big you, difference. The boring things are important yeah, you as just much do as you don't want to admit of. them. <laughs> now let's move on. So tell us about the wedding dress hunt and um, all about that. Who did you wear? We'd love to hear about it. Yeah, so I'd have to say with the wedding dress hunt, it couldn't have worked out more perfectly. Um, I actually saw uh, my dream dress on the bridal journey about a year ago, uh, funnily enough. So (laughs) I kind of, 
I screenshotted that image, kept it there. Um, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to go inquire. Um, and one of um, his representatives, so I wore um, an Ali Hav Sassen gown. Um, so I inquired with him. His representative got back to me and was like, we're going to do a trunk show um, in uh, Australia. Normally, I think every year it's held in Sydney. Mm -hmm. um, but I was quite lucky and it was actually held in Melbourne mm -hmm. um, and he said it was um, in July. So I was like, yep, yeah, okay, definitely going to book that in. Uh, it was at Le Louvre in South Yarra. Um, so mum and I went there. It just happened like clockwork. I can't, I can't actually explain how, yeah, weirdly it all just worked out. So I went in, tried on the dress. Fate. Yeah, it was just really bizarre how it, how it all came about because quickly went in, tried it on. I mean, I'm the most indecisive person. And when I, when I tried it on, I just knew. Um, so quickly booked it in and um, kind of got it customized. So the actual dress itself is quite sheer, uh, especially along even just towards the bottom of it. It was just, you could see everything. And my mom was like, definitely not. So <laughs> I made sure to get um, like a nude underlay. Um, I There was also like a, a split across the bust as well, which I kind of got that removed. Um, and also a split across the side, which I changed the sides. Uh, so I kind of customized it um, and booked it all in. It was all ready to go. And yeah, so it was all done. Um, and then even the next day I um, got my heels uh, at Harrods and no joke, the next couple of days we went into a lockdown. So it oh was, gosh. yeah, it was quite, it was quite full on because if that didn't happen, mm. I don't know what I would have done. No. And the stars aligned for you, my love. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I still absolutely. Talk to I still, I keep thinking about that. Wow. That actually worked out so easy. Yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to. It obviously was supposed to. Um, your wedding day was, I mean, look, I'm biased, but it was magic. It, it, it was hot. It was not windy. All your guests, there were, you know, there was a decent-sized guest list. What did you have in the end? 178, 168? Yeah, it was 168. 168. So you had a, a decent-sized guest list. Everybody there as they were attending, they just looked ready to celebrate. They were excited. They were excited to be there. Tell us, tell us about, you know, uh, tell us about your day and how, uh, what parts of it were the most important to you? Right. So yeah, the day, um, it, it actually, it was, it was the most amazing day of our lives. It really was. It, it started off by, um, us getting there the night before, um, we had a bridal party and family, um, there, we kind of all unpacked, um, and the morning of we, it was very relaxing. I, it was actually quite, um, relaxed surprisingly, um, and yeah, got hair and makeup done, um, and got ready, which was nice. Uh, and then, you know, the suppliers, everyone was starting to obviously arrive. Um, and we got married at around three 30, um, opposite the homestead. So the big house that's on the property. Um, and then the flow of the day was right after the ceremony, we went into photos, um, and whilst we were doing that, our guests kind of went over the bridge um, and started with the canapes and um, cocktails and music. 
Um, and yeah, and then right after that, the reception started. So it was, it was quite, um, it flowed really well throughout the entire day and night, I would say there wasn't really any, um, sort of hiccups along the way, which can happen. Um, but my, the most amazing part was walking down the aisle, um, with my dad and seeing Daniel for the first time. I have to say that was probably the most beautiful moment. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> every girl kind of dreams of that moment of walking down the aisle and it really truly is a beautiful kind of moment. Um, and I still remember it, which is so nice. So, um, cause there's so many things that are going through mm. your mind all at once and you've got to remember to kind of breathe, take it all in. Um, and I really tried to kind of put that in my mind the whole time. I kind of kept saying, you know, enjoy these little moments because it does go by really quickly, you know, keep, just take it in the good, the bad. So just constantly take it in. So that would, that would have to be one of the most special moments. Um, I mean, the whole day was special in itself, but yeah, definitely that moment. And I could imagine for brides that do get married at a place like Baruna Plains or a private property, being on site, being able to peek out the window and see people working and creating this, you know, day for you guys. For some people, it could be quite, um, quite nerve wracking and, oh my gosh, are they, I didn't think the flowers would be that color or, oh, they're putting the chair in the wrong spot or, but you just took it all in your, in your stride and you could have a few sneak peeks, but it was also such a, a, such a moment when you could walk out of that house and down to Daniel, it was, um, yeah, it was pretty luxe. It was beautiful. It really was. And, the only thing I would say was there was no reception on the property. Mm. <laughs> so that, that would only be the one thing that was a little bit difficult throughout the day just before the whole ceremony because I couldn't call you, Laura. I couldn't mm. actually call anyone. Mm. Just kind of like calling, you know, the groomsmen to come in and start to get ready or, you know, just those little things. You can't send a text because it was just, <laughs> it wasn't working. So um, that sort of little thing was quite difficult at some you know stages but you've got to forget about all that and just and take it in and yeah and it was really beautiful to kind of peek out the window and see everyone arrive and that's when the nerves kick in so it's just kind of like yeah it's it's a kind of surreal moment definitely I mean I'm obviously very biased for this interview but I wouldn't say that there were any regrets that you would per se have from the surface from my opinion but throughout the process you know you you had a leg up because you were within the industry prior to getting married so you did know that some things can go wrong and seating charts are really hard and don't over cater for alcohol don't under cater so you had all all these little tips but was there anything throughout the process that took you by surprise and you were like oh I kind of wish we didn't do that or was there any disasters that you were like well you know here's a hot tip don't do this yeah um thankfully no disasters um I made sure that if anything did go wrong just to kind of run with it um so that was always at the back of my mind there were a couple of little things I mean if I have to say they were, I wouldn't say they were disasters. Um, I would just say little things that happened that that were out of my control. And that is one thing that you need to, you know, take in as well, that things can, it's, you know, you, you can't control everything as well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. A couple of days before the wedding, um, I got a call from Rutherford Entertainment and um, our acoustic performers that were going to play during Canapes 
got COVID. So that was really disappointing. Yeah. And ours, like for those who don't live in Australia, like our summer, especially the months after Christmas and New Year's Eve, like Christmas Day and New Year's Eve seem to be like when the entire COVID virus hit everyone so every single wedding although we could have them in Victoria was on a knife's edge because everybody was getting it so that yeah yeah like that was that was a real thing for the entire season for brides and grooms yeah absolutely so that was that was quite um, a shock because I like booked them in Mm. I booked my photographer and videographer like that was straight away I booked them in so but luckily um Rutherford were amazing and they actually um went through all these different options with me and we ended up booking someone amazing so I was so happy uh with that um another thing was our thank yous didn't come in time so our little mm-hmm. thank you gifts they were so cute um they were <laughs> That's little right. tea light, yeah they were little tea like crystal candle holders and they would have been perfect on the table but I had to just breathe and go, no, every guest will get them after the wedding. So they're still in my house. <laughs> so <laughs> I've given them out to everyone. Um, and they actually came on the Monday after, funnily enough, which was great. Kills um, me. I know. It was oh, <laughs> so annoying. Um, and then, yeah, I would say one other thing was our dance floor. So um, I was quite disappointed in who we booked because I thought I heard so many good things about them and um, either they didn't set it up properly or, you know, I'm not quite sure if it was the, even the correct dance floor for an outside wedding, but um, the dance floor was (laughs) falling apart a little bit towards the end of the night. And a few of our guests were slipping. Um, And yeah, that, that would probably be the only thing because it was like, you know, everyone was dancing the whole night and then you know you just see in the corners that it, it was kind of just falling apart so oh, no. um, I would just say that would that would have been a that was a little bit disappointing but other than that it was beautiful so yeah well Therese you looked beautiful Daniel looked so handsome the day was sunny and gorgeous and amazing um you know if have you got any words of advice for our brides looking to plan specifically a wedding on a property is there anything that you say you know what I forgot about this don't forget um I would say you know book where you'd love to have your wedding you know every bride sort of has this vision of where they want to get married and you know trust your gut and go with your instincts and um you know plan and try and you know reach out to the most amazing suppliers because they will really help you if you want to have sort of like a marquee style wedding and they've done this before you know have trust in them um because they too want to make your day as special as you want it so I would definitely um you know reach out to your sources and um you know get support from family and friends but also really um do what you guys want to do and um and just enjoy every moment of it the good the bad the stressful um just take it all in and and really enjoy your moments because it's it goes very quickly so yeah well Therese thank you so much for joining us on the you and me podcast it was so good to see your face and it was beautiful to relive your day um it's been a pleasure thank you thank you so much ladies thank you bye